Hi, everybody. It's Tony Caldwell, and welcome to a special edition of Uncappy the Agent. You know, typically uh, on this podcast, we're talking about the future of insurance distribution. Today is going to be a little different because we're not talking about insurance at all, and we're certainly not talking about distribution. Today, I have as my guest Robert Christian, Bob Christian, as I know him. And Bob is a former NFL football player, and he's a professional pilot. And Bob and I got to know one another because uh, we flown together. And, uh, you know, flying as a, as a two-person crew is all about teamwork. And so today, I really want to talk about teamwork. And, you know, I think teamwork is critically important to building successful businesses, whether it's an insurance agency or a, a grocery store. And so I'm, uh, and, and Bob and I had a conversation a while back, but I want to kind of revisit today because I think uh, it's really, really valuable. In fact, I've told Bob, I've told probably two or three dozen people about our conversation because it made such an impact on me. And, uh, and that's why I wanted uh, everybody else to have a chance to hear it. So welcome, Bob. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be with you. Yeah. And, and uh, you're somewhere in a hotel room in Texas right now. So. I flew someone down here uh, yesterday. Got to fly him back tomorrow. So, well, I'm glad you can find some time uh, in your in your schedule to, uh, to to jump on a quick uh, podcast with me. Um, for our listeners and viewers, uh, let's talk a little bit about your athletic career because that's really uh, part of the conversation I wanted to have. So, uh, where'd you play football in college? Uh, I played at Northwestern University back in the late '80s um, through 1990. It was my last season there. Okay, so. And what that tells me is uh, you were a smart athlete because Northwestern is a tough, highly competitive school. Uh, what did you study at Northwestern? I studied electrical engineering. Okay. Now, you took a really easy major while you were playing uh, Division One college football, right? I think I'm just a glutton for punishment uh, all around. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, if you're going to play professional football, you have to be, right? Um, so tell us about your pro career. You left Northwestern, and I think you played uh, – you were in the backfield, right? Yeah, I was a, a tailback at Northwestern, um, and then uh, I got I got drafted in the twelfth uh, round. Um, they didn't, they don't have twelve rounds anymore, but I got drafted in the twelfth round by the Atlanta Falcons in nineteen ninety one. They cut me, and then uh, I I tried out the next spring with the London Monarchs of the World Football League. Um, you know, thinking I'd get some experience. You know. In, in the winter and, and have another chance next, the next year. Well, they cut me. <laughs> and then um, I barely got another tryout that next summer with the San Diego chargers. And, um, and I pulled a hamstring and then they cut me. So at wow. that point it was over. And uh, just by a literal miracle of God, uh, somehow the bears called me up and they, they, they signed me to their practice squad on in 1992. And um, that was like Ditka's last year. And then, and then I ended up playing the last two games of that year, played two more years there on um, uh, in Chicago, played mostly special teams, and then got drafted to Carolina in the expansion draft and uh, played two seasons there. And then when I was a free agent, I signed uh, Atlanta came calling back <laughs> after I guess I had gotten gotten better. And I would switched to fullback um, when I was with the Bears. And um, and then Atlanta, Atlanta brought me in when, when Dan Reese took the job in Atlanta. Um, and, and they, they signed me to be their fullback and, and I ended up starting for them for six years. Wow. So, um, you know, I'm just struck as you're going through that, like, and they, then they cut me and then they cut me and then they cut me and then they cut me. So, 
you know, you kept coming back. You didn't, uh, you didn't take that lying down. You didn't take no as a final answer. That's interesting. Tell me, I mean, uh, why was that? I mean, what, what motivated you? What powered you to keep going in the face of all that adversity? Well, um, I mean, I'll be honest. Uh, I mean, there was a, a, a few things. Um, um, first of all, my faith. Um, literally, uh, one day I was running wind sprints, and, and I, this was after the the Colts who had had said they were going to sign me um, for 1992. After I got cut by the London Monarchs, they they basically dropped out. And uh, at this point, everyone already had their their camp rosters pretty much filled, and and I wasn't on any. And, and I'm running wind sprints and it's hard, you know, wind sprints are, I never liked it. I don't know anybody that really did, but um, yeah. And I was feeling miserable and I, I was ready to throw in the towel. Like, what am I doing this for? This is stupid. All this hard work. And, and, and I'm not even going to get a tryout, much less make the team. And, and, um, and then just, uh, just, it's, it's kind of, kind of, um, I'm not, not weird, but just like, it was kind of, um, you know, just, just, uh, it doesn't happen every day, but, but just this, this Bible verse I had read, uh, Proverbs 14, 23 says, uh, all hard work brings profit when mere talk leads only to poverty. And, and I was just like, it just popped in my head, you know? And I was like, yeah, but, but what profit or wind sprint's going to give me, <laughs> you know, if I'm going to, I was sitting out my resume, you know, looking at, at engineering jobs at that point. So well, what profit can wind sprints, you know, bring to an engineering job, you know? And, and so, uh, and then there's another verse that says, uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. It just popped into my head too. I'm like, so literally I made a decision right there on the track. Like, okay, this doesn't make sense to me, but I have to either walk in faith and keep going or, or follow, you know, follow what makes most sense to me and just, you know, leave, leave all that misery behind. And, uh, so luckily I kept, uh, working. And so, um, <coughs> I will say, I mean, one of the couple other factors, you know, I had supportive parents that, that had always encouraged me and, and, uh, and blessed me. And then, and then also, um, you know, just, just to, to, to give testimony to the power of words and power of um, belief, like, you know, as a coach, as, as a boss, as, you know, like when you believe in people, it has big impact. And, one of the other things that kept me going was my high school running backs coach, uh, Randy Walker. Um, when I was uh, after spring football, my freshman year, um, you know, he was sat down with us to go over goals for, you know, I thought just for the upcoming season. And, and, and he sat down, he said, Hey, my goal for you is that when you get done playing here at Northwestern, you play on Sundays. Cause I think, I think you have what it takes. And, and the fact that he believed that I could do it um, compelled me you know, to some degree, not to give up when things got tough too. So, so a combination of all those three factors kind of kept me going and fighting. That's really an amazing story. Uh, and thank you for, for being willing to share. I mean, a couple of things I want to unpack there, you know, the first is uh, obviously you didn't say this, but you had grit. I mean, you were working hard running wind sprints when you didn't have any future in front of you to run them for. And uh, you know, uh, Entrepreneurs, business people, people who start, uh, you know, going to business for themselves, uh, often have to do really similar things. They, they they have to work really hard, and they don't know that they're going to be successful. And 
you know, that grit, that work ethic kind of powers them through from the time when they don't have anything really happening till they finally get successful. Um, And what allows you to have grit, you talked about faith, and I think that's really uh, valuable. It's certainly been valuable in my own life. There's something else you didn't mention, Bob, which is courage. I mean, it takes guts to, uh, you know, to keep going when it doesn't look like there's a future. So, um, you know, I think that's really, uh, I hope our, 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 our listeners and, and watchers are getting that. Uh, but you talked about something else, too, which was the, uh, the power of coaching and encouragement. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so, and you obviously, as an athlete, you had coaches. Um, you know, as a professional pilot now, do you have coaches in your life that help you become better at what you're doing today? Um, I don't, I, I do, but, but not as, not as, um, you know, we do training, um, you know, once a year we, we, uh, we do recurrent training and, and, um, and, and, you know, I've had different, it's, it's not been like one person. It's, it's each, each year, usually I get a different person. It just yeah. depends. Sometimes you get the same, same person, uh, twice, but, um, but I have a combination of, of people that, that have, um, you know, kind of helped me and, and, you know, I, I still, um, you know, I, I still remember my first flight instructor, you know, that uh, helped me get my private um, license, which, uh, you know, he, he still, you know, he was high, probably the most highly influential of, of all my uh, flight instructors, you know. Um, so I, I really appreciate um, him. And, and he taught me. Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I was just going to say, you know, we've had some similar training experiences because we go to the same place for training. And, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and here's what I think is valuable about that. I'm just curious what you think. But, you know, um, you, you get put into situations that um, you typically wouldn't find yourself in in an airplane, right? Because right. um, we hope not. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so it, it always seems to me like what the what the instructor is trying to do to you is push you until you break and then see what happens. Right. Uh, you you kind of. You know, and, and, and I know having flown in the simulator with other pilots, sometimes they get pushed farther than I do because they're better than me and they break later. But at the end of the day, we all break. Right. Uh, or, you know, or something breaks. And then we get to find out how we handle it. Um, and so, you know, thinking back to your athletic career, uh, it seems like that's still part of it, right? So, you know, you, you got pushed to the breaking point a whole bunch of times. Yeah. Oh, Definitely. Yeah, um, which made you a better player. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that's the only way we grow. We only grow – like, I know from – you know, right after I retired from football, I I, I, um, I joined my brother's business uh, training athletes. And, and and one thing you learn is that, that it's the stress that creates the growth. And, and that's both in, you know, muscles and tendons and ligaments and bones, even in cartilage. You know, like stress will will make you, make you grow. Now, overstress, you know – Call, you know, causes break. So, so really we, we have to be pushed, um, you know, in order for us to grow and we have to put, put ourselves under stress. Yeah. So, you know, no business person uh, builds a successful business over time without having some things that they think at the time is probably going to break them. I mean, you know, uh, we all have a cash flow crisis where we lose uh, our best employees or the account that is a big chunk of our income or there's things that happen, right? Um, and you're tested. Um, and my observation with entrepreneurs is, that, you know, those are traumatic events 
they're really the things that make you better that allow you to keep, you know, get to where you want to go with your goals. And if you don't have them, then you never really end up being as good as you could otherwise be. So it's really true in business too. Yeah, it is. And in fact, um, it's funny, just this past year or um, maybe two years ago, I, I read um, Northwestern um, posted a study that they had done. Um, you know, they, they have one of the best business schools in the, in the country and they, they did a study um, and, and they found that one of the, the, the biggest markers of future success is failure early in one's career if you don't give up. People that fail early and, and don't give up end up going further in, in whatever career they are, they're in. Yeah. Yeah. I've read similar studies in the past and in, in my own experience, that's also really true. You know, I, in fact, I think that failure is tuition for something else. Uh, the implication is, well, you you got to be you got to go do something else, right? You got to take that failure, learn from it, and keep moving. So, uh, well, you know, I want to talk about the, the the conversation that I, you know, the question that I asked you as we were droning along at you know forty thousand feet one day, you know, watching the dials um, together, and because it was uh, really, uh, I loved your answer. I want to kind of unpack that too. So, you know, my question was, and and you had. You, you played on some teams, if I remember right, that, that had losing seasons, right, in the NFL. So, you know, like four or five and eight or whatever, right? Um, yeah, 12 yeah. and yeah. five and uh. <laughs> Yeah, so you lost 11 times and you won five times. And, uh, yeah. uh, you know, that has to be frustrating. Um, uh, I played in college. I played soccer. And uh, we had a season where we won two and lost 11. And uh, those are character builders. So um, uh, anyway, so you've played on losing teams and then you got the chance to do what really first place. Very few people get to play in college, much less in the NFL. And then it's a tiny fraction of professional football players that ever get to play in the Super Bowl. And you did. Uh, And so by definition, you're playing on a on a championship high winning team. And what I'm curious about is, what was the difference? What was the difference in the losing team and playing on the winning team? Because everybody on both of those teams is super accomplished, or they wouldn't be in the NFL, right? Right. Yeah. You know, so you're talking about great players on both teams. It's not. It's not athletic ability. It was something else. Something different. What separated losing from the winning team? Well, yeah. When, when I when I thought about this, and obviously we talked about it then, and and it came out of you know, um, another time that I put some thought to it and it really didn't take me too long, but I knew that, that the difference was that the, the championship teams I was on, we really loved and cared for one another. The, the teams that ended up, you know, early exit from the playoffs and, and just kind of trying to, trying to get the season over with. I mean, that's, those are the teams where, you know, we, we really didn't care about each other as much. We, we didn't, we didn't uh, love each other enough to sacrifice for one another. And, and, um, and, and, and it's a pretty, it's a stark difference really. And, um, and, and it, it, it's funny. It's, um, you know, love compels you to sacrifice, you know, sacrifice hurts. And, and so, so it's, it seems like, well, do I want to sacrifice, you know, but, but, but in the end, like when, when you have a team that loves one another and, and everybody's sacrificing for one another, you go so much further and, and the team victory is so much better than any individual, you know, victories that you get. Yeah. Uh, so uh, 
you know, loving your teammates is a, that's kind of touchy feely. And, you know, I mean, particularly for athletes and even business people, uh, you know, we don't talk about emotion very much, but um, obviously you feel like that was the key. Tell me, you know, loving and caring for your teammates. What did that, what did that mean uh, to you? I mean, how did you, what was different about that experience compared to maybe not having that level of commitment? Well, um, well, think about this, like you love and, and, and you um, are energized and you'll, you'll give your energy to things you care the most about. So, you know, if you have a family, you have your kids. I mean, we spend all kinds of time and energy and money on our kids because we oh. care. About um, on a team, you know, we could do the same thing if, if we invest emotionally like, hey, I, if we choose and it's a choice, we have to make that choice. If I choose to care about somebody else, you know, on my team or all my other teammates, um, on one hand, that's going to hurt me because I'm going to have to sacrifice. Because when I, I, you know, you always end up sacrificing for what you love and care about. And so I might have to give a little extra. But that, that helps in so many different ways because, you know, every great victory requires that some people on that team go beyond what they think they're capable of. You don't have, yeah, we didn't win World War II without, you know, going through more more hell on earth than, than, than right. what people thought we could do, you know? And, and um, so people, it takes sacrifice. And, and so without that love for, for your teammates, like, like, like sacrifice just for yourself is, it's kind of a uh, impossible because, you know, if, if your interest is to preserve yourself, you're not going to sacrifice yourself. So the only right. thing that motivates us to go beyond that is when we love one another. And then, and then on top of that, um, we get our energy. Like when we, when we care about our teammates and, and we want them to see success too. And so when they have success, we get energized because um, we're excited because we've invested emotionally in, in, in the, those relationships and, and to see them, have success, it, it energizes us. And then that gives us energy for us to keep, keep fighting. Um, if I don't love my teammate and, and maybe, maybe it's somebody that, that always is, you know, all about themselves and, and, you know, thinks they're better than the team and everything. And if they have success. Then it tends to demotivate me. I'm like, Oh, now we're going to hear about it all week, you know? And, and so, so what, what you find is, um, I mean, love is a catalyst for more love <laughs> And, and selfishness is a callus for more selfishness. So it's a battle within each team, which is going to win out over the course of, of the season or, or, you know, the time that that team's together. And, um, you know, and, and just, it was so in 98, you know, we, we were like a bunch of brothers. I mean, we would fight hard for each other and, um, you know, we, we tease each other, but, you know, like brothers do, but, um, but we, but we were so tight knit and, and we believed in one another and we never gave up on one another. And, uh, you know, and, and you wanted to make a play, not, not because, you know, Oh, I want all the glory. You wanted to make a play because you knew it was going to, it was going to bless all your teammates and, and, and you wanted to get them excited. And, and so it, it really, um, it was a, the best year of, of any sport that I've ever been in in my whole life. Wow. You know, I remember uh, you telling me, I think, that, um, you know, some professional football teams, just like high school football teams, you know, you, you videotape your, your performance and then you decide, you know, and the other teams, and you kind of dissect what you did well and what you need to improve on. 
uh, for the next game. And uh, you told me a story about you know going into film after having a really good game yourself, but how you looked at it differently. Would you you remember that? I'm trying to remember. Well, I think what you told me was that you know you were really excited to go in and and see a play or two that you you'd made in the game the previous week. But what you're really excited about was to see the play of your teammates and the plays that they made. Right. And I mean, that's what we did like in 98. Um, and we did it always when I was with uh, playing for Dan Rees. Um, after every win like that, I think it was a Saturday morning before the next game, you know, he, he would put together a highlight reel of, of all the highlights, you know, from the previous game and we'd watch it. And, and it was a fun you know, we were celebrating the victories and, 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 um, and it was, it was a lot of fun to see, um, you, you know, because the team got so energized, you know, especially, especially, you know, if somebody who, uh, who doesn't normally get the limelight, you know, there's, there's a lot of positions, a lot of players that, that work hard all the time and, and they make us better. Um, and they don't always get the limelight. So when they, they, they get a chance and they make a big play, you know, the whole team, because we love, you know, we love everyone on the team and we love those guys just as much as the guy, the stars, you know? And, and so when they make a play, we were even more, more, uh, you know, excited and, and jacked up for, for them. Uh, cause, cause they, you know, they, they got that chance and, and, and we wanted that for them. Sure. And, and, you know, so in an insurance agency and, and many of our listeners are, you know, that's what they do for a living. They, they're building insurance agencies. Uh, you know, it's the CSR or the accounting department that, you know, uh, doesn't often get the attention that they deserve. And, and uh, you know, I, I see a lot of businesses that have goals, but they don't stop. You know, they never really stop to celebrate. And you mentioned celebrations being really key because that's a motivation, right? Celebration well, motivates you to go win the next game. Well, it's actually um, – I, I, um, I, I read a book by a uh, psychiatrist, you know, talking about the brain and the, the way the brain um, – uh, grows or the way it works. And, and, and one of the things is like dopamine, which is the, the, the pleasure hormone that uh, when we experience pleasure, uh, um, it releases dopamine and dopamine, what it does, it, 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 uh, it solidifies, it strengthens the neural processes that happen just before the dopamine hit. So, so really if we celebration, it, you know, releases dopamine. So when we celebrate, so whatever we celebrate will improve will continue. Uh, and, and so that's, that's a good way, you know, like, like as a coach and I'm coaching now, you know, I, I try to celebrate when, you know, the players do things the right way um, when they have the right attitudes, we need to celebrate that um, because, because that, that will make it easier for them to continue that, you know? Yeah. And so you mentioned something else just a minute ago that I think I want to make sure we don't pass by either. And that you mentioned when you played for Dan Reese, right? It was different. <laughs> Okay, so that was the head coach at that time, right? Uh, and so he did things differently, obviously, to facilitate the culture uh, up for the team that not only allowed for celebration but encouraged this um, this caring and self and sacrificing. So, as the leader, what do you think was unique about uh, about what he did that helped make your team uh, a champion? Well, one, he cared. Like he's the only coach like in my whole career. And I, I played with three different teams. I got cut by a few others. Um, <laughs> and, and most, most of the times the head coaches, cause they know they have to make cuts. They know that they bring 80 or 90 guys into training camp and they, they keep 50 basically. 
and, 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 and that's hard. And so most of the time the head coaches, I, I, and I, I noticed this, that they, they would like keep themselves apart. They, they wouldn't get attached to players. They wouldn't get to know them personally because it, it might hurt too, too bad if they had to cut them. Dan, he invested that care in each individual, even the guy I see him do it with, with, with kids that I, I knew and everyone knew that the only way this kid is ever going to make the team is if we, you know, have catastrophic injuries in that position, you know, right. and, and, and it's, uh, but, but he would, he would get to know them. He'd ask about their family. He, he, he truly cared. And, and, and then, um, and he hired good coaches too. Um, one of the, um, you know, one guy that, that was a big example to me, Wade Phillips, one of the things he always did, and 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 it was weird, like kind of towards the end of my career, you know, I was like, hey, I want to play for Dan, you know, the rest of my career. But, you know, like, well, who else would I want to play for? You know, is there anybody else out there um, if Dan retired or, you know, and, and I said, Wade Phillips, I, I played for him. And, and, and the reason is this, and it's almost solely on this, like whenever the defense played a really good game and, um, and Dan Reeves would let, you know, each of the coordinators kind of talk about, you know, what their, their side of the ball did well or, 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 or not, how, how they did kind of evaluate. And, and, and Wade, whenever he had a great defensive day, the next in that meeting, when he got to talk, he'd always say, Hey, and he said it with all sincerity, you knew he wasn't just, you know, saying it. He said, Hey, the only way we were able to do what we did on Sunday is because you guys gave us such a great look all week in practice, you know, you offensive scout team guys that, that were, were giving us a good look. And, and, um, and it was only because of that that we were able to come out and play so well. And um, and so that to me, it's that is so inspiring that that a leader that is humble and gives credit spreads the credit, not hogging it. It's all about me. No, you you, you spread it because and I, and, I, and I thought about that. I said, why is that? And you know, part of it is, you know, if we're going for team success. When the, when the team succeeds, the team succeeds. And the team is nothing more than the assembly of all the parts. And so you can't do anything without all the parts of that team. And so so the effort of, of um, you know, even, um, you know, <laughs> you say the kicker, you know. <laughs> well, you know, you may say, ah, you don't work as hard. You, don't, you know, you don't carry the big loads. But, oh, man, when it's the end of the game and, and uh, <laughs> you need that field goal and that field goal, if you we make it, we win, we miss it, we lose. Oh man, you're like, you're, you're totally dependent on that kicker, you know? Um, but the same way, if you, you, we're totally dependent on, on, on the guys that are just, they don't play in the games, but they give us a look on scout team. Um, Cause if they do a good job, it makes us better. And, and then we're able to win. And, and so I feel like it's leaders. I think leaders that honor the efforts and sacrifice of all the members of the team Um you know, we'll, we'll find the most success, you know, those that, and I played for another coach um, that basically he had like half the team was kind of the good guys and half the teams are the, well, we're stuck with you guys. And, and, and the way he conducted things, you know, it could be the, the stars that, that messed up, but, Oh, because I guess they're untouchable because he paid them too much money. Uh, he, he would never say anything about that, but he blamed the guy who, couldn't stay on the block for 12 seconds on a kickoff return, you know, <laughs> the, right. which, that's like one of the hardest plays in football. And, and he blamed it, the loss on, on one of those guys. And, and so that kind of divided the team and, 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 and everyone, everyone was selfish. Everyone just like, well, you know, Hey, I got paid, you know, it's like, 
everyone's just out for themselves. It's just a business. I'm here to do a job. And, and, and there was no sense of team. That's interesting. I'm just here to do a job. You know, um, uh, lots of businesses are full of people who are just doing a job. I mean, they come at eight, they go at five and what happens in between and what ha- the results of it, um, you know, they don't really care because as you said, they're getting paid. Um, but they probably aren't playing on a championship team. Right. It, you know, and, and so, uh, you know, just for a second, I mean, talk about, I mean, obviously in sports, when you win, everybody's super excited. There's a lot of celebration going on. And I mean, it's a happier place. Um, but is there anything else? I mean, between, you know, being on a team where everybody just got paid, didn't care about each other versus a team that, you know, was winning, but had that really tight knit relationship. I mean, how does it spill over into personal not just the team success and what gets printed in the newspapers, but is there anything beyond that that's really valuable that you take away from that experience for your life? Right. Well, I guess the way I look at it is this way. Um, if, if you're not going to basically culture, you know, develop a culture and foster a culture of, um, you know, a, a team, you're going to end up spending more. <laughs> yeah, you, you can pay someone enough to get them to do what you want them to do. It's going to cost you more because most people, um, you know, we want to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. And, 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 and there's, you know, I think, I think all of us are built that way. It's like, you know, it's not just all about me. If, if the universe is all just about me, then, then man, I'm going to be depressed <laughs> because, because it, that means it's pointless. Right. Um, but uh, when you're part of a team and, 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 and you feel a part of like, and I always felt, the, the term that always came to mind on the good teams I was on was family. It feels like family where, where we, we care about one another and, and, and you want to be a part of that. You want to be a part of a family. You want to succeed as a family. And it doesn't mean all the success in the world doesn't mean as much if, if uh, you can't share that with your family. And, uh, and so, so I, I really feel like, you know, the more you foster that, 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 um, feeling of a family within in your businesses, um, you know, the more people are, will be motivated. They'll be motivated not not just to work for themselves because you know money's good, but like once you have enough money, oh okay. And I saw it all the time in the NFL. A guy signed a big contract, you know, got the big signing bonus, and and you know he was a beast the year before because it was his contract year, you know, and then he signed the big deal, and suddenly he's not as motivated anymore. But when when your motivation is the family, um then it doesn't matter what you get paid um, to a point. I mean, obviously if, if, if you're getting shafted, then you don't feel, right. Oh, you don't feel part of the family. Right. Wow. You know, um, Bob, I'm, I'm even more inspired uh, today from getting to have this conversation with you really again than I was the first time. And so I, I certainly hope uh, folks who've listened uh, to the conversation feel the same way. Kind of just if I could recap really quickly, I mean, team that matters more than the individual. It's about how you contribute to the team and how you feel about the players and the sacrifice that you're willing to make because you feel like you're something uh, part of something unique. You use the, the term family uh, and that leadership is about caring for the whole team uh, but really creating the culture in which those things take place. And, uh, you know, I think it works. It clearly worked in the NFL because, you know, the Falcons got to the Super Bowl. Um, and that's a, you know, that's the pinnacle of success in, in that business. 
it's got to work in the insurance agency business just as well for those people who put those things into place. And so I uh, really appreciate you um, being willing to have the conversation with me again. Uh, and just real quick, any last thoughts you want to share with, with us? Um, I think you summed it up pretty well. And, and um, yeah, as I don't think there's too much else, uh, you know, it's just, um, it's pretty clear cut that, you know, when, when we love one another, you know, we, we fight for one another when we don't, we don't. And, 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 and everybody wants to be a part of a team where everyone loves one another. Um, but we're all selfish. We all tend to, you know, we want to make selfish decisions too. So it's, it's always, like I said, that battle between, between, um, you know, am, am I going to, to sacrifice myself for the good of the team every day, or am I going to, Hey, just look after myself. And, and, and the more we can, you know, as a team, you know, the more we can, you know, look out for the, the best of the team, then guess what? We're going to have the most fun. We're going to have the most success. And it's, it's, it's going to be the most fulfilling, um, you know, job we can have uh, versus, you know, even if you get paid, it doesn't mean nearly as much if, if you're all alone. Right. Yeah, totally get it. Well, hey, Bob, thank you so much for being uh, with me today. And let's go fly together sometime soon. Oh, yeah, yes. I can't wait. <laughs> Thanks, Tony. I'm talking to independent agency owners about this all the time. If you'd like to have a more personalized conversation, click on the button or the link in the description and we'll make that happen. You can also reach out to me at tonycaldwell.net slash contact.